Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Start playing with some jam in here. Let's go. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhard. Oh, man. Yes, it is. Episode 22 of Orange and Backcheck. It has been 3,000 years since we last watched a hockey game. It's been crazy. It feels like it's been literally that long, but it's only been two weeks. Across from me is a guy that probably would own a tiger if he could. Scott Weinhardt. How's it going, man? Uh, You know, (laughs) I'm kind of glad there really isn't much hockey on right now hang on before i get chastised for saying that because i did get to you know just dive right into tiger king and if you have not seen that (laughs) oh my god it is the craziest thing i've ever seen in my entire life it 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 has it blew my mind so many different times and i literally almost fell out of my chair laughing with the music video where he's dressed up as a priest yep where he's talking about so you know the one thing people may not know about. My my two major takeaways from that show are, one, a buddy of mine actually brought up a good point. Would it have gained as much traction as it did if we had live sports still, if the world was still going on as normal? I don't think it would have. Not at but all. Be, but because of it, it benefited from that. It's like the one shining silver lining that we have of this COVID-19 outbreak and pandemic. But the other thing I took out of it is, is... I had no idea how big of an industry the freaking tiger and big cat farm or zoo is. Like, that's crazy to me. Right? Like, how many people own these giant cats like this? How many zoos like this are around the world? You know, when I when I think of a zoo, I think of, like, a nonprofit thing like the Philadelphia Zoo. It's taking care of the animals and, like, all this stuff. Not just some crazy guy in Oklahoma who has 200 tigers <laughs> I mean it's just it's bewildering to me so yeah. I mean look I I don't think this would have caught on as much if there were sports on and that's why I said for a second I know I'm glad I got to finally be like okay I can I'll sit and I'll watch because I've been hearing things about it I mean but man that was that was just craziness I I I, I kept saying to my buddy, this can't be real. This this just can't be real. This is yep. not real life. There's just no way that this actually actually exists. And it's it's not a fake documentary. It's real. It's not like The Office. It's not like Parks and Recs. These are real actual people in Oklahoma screwing each other over and then having a war with some lady in Africa who apparently might have killed her husband and threw him under a septic tank. <laughs> it's... It's Who insane. Knew? Did you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia? 
I've yeah, I've, I've watched I've watched a lot of episodes. Yes. Who would have known that the episode where Charlie and Mac go to work, they get jobs. Yep. And, and the famous scene in that episode, and it's like a, it's a gif around the world. Charlie going Carol, yeah. Carol. Yeah. Who knew Charlie was talking about Carol Bennington or whatever her name is in in Tiger King yep. because of the her situation. So if you have not seen that, please check that out, especially because we're all at home. Like I haven't left my house at all today. Have you? Like what? no, no, yeah. not at all. Actually, I've been my, my I've actually been. Uh, Working on uh, the the goaltending, uh, yes. chalk talk, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it's we're gonna release it this week, and everybody's gonna love it. I've been working on that. It's been fantastic. I, you won't believe how awesome this is gonna be. Yeah, uh, it's really good. Uh, I I I, I sent it over to you, Lawrence. I did that, and my son was hanging out with me earlier, and and eating food, and I kept stepping on stuff. So yeah, I, and then finally he went to bed, but. Um, yeah, I haven't left all day. I mean, I usually go for a drive at night because I need to get out of the house. I have yeah. not done that today and, uh, probably will do that after we're done here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just and to get that, out and, for five minutes because the weather's been terrible today too. Yeah. It's been a crappy weather day. It's been raining all day and it's just like, especially with gas prices, you can go around and play, uh, and drive around for, with no repercussions. Like, Oh, I'll still only cost 28 bucks, 30 bucks to fill that tank up depending on your vehicle. So it's right. nice. Yeah. But let's get into it this week. Uh, there was some news around the NHL. Uh, some good, some bad. Uh, some just kind of. I'm not really sure what they're gonna. They, their plan is. Um, they canceled a couple things. They canceled the combine. They canceled the draft. They canceled everything of the uh, for potential rookies and rookies of this year, uh, stemming obviously relation to the COVID nineteen pandemic. And it's just. They're spinning it as, well, we're anticipating us to resume our 2019-2020 season. So these things naturally have to happen. So my first question to you, Scott, is do you buy that? Or is this just a larger issue in, no, I think this is a a hint that nothing's going to come back until 2020-2021 season? No, no, I still think that they'll finish out the season somehow. I I think the only hang-up is there's a lot of back and forth now with, like, Connor McDavid doesn't think it's a good idea to go straight to the playoffs. I I agree with that because here's why. If you look at the standings and where everything ended up, there's still a couple teams there that are a point or two out of a wild card spot that probably should get a fair shot to be able to get those points somehow. So, like, not even if you're looking at the East. Like, if you look at the West, if you started the playoffs, then, okay, Nashville and Vancouver are tied, and Nashville would get in because they have more regulation wins, but they both have 78 points. Don't you think those teams should have a playoff? What about Minnesota? If those teams played the next game and lost, Minnesota wins. They're at 79 points, and they're the second wild card. So, and the next one down, uh, what's it called, in the, in the West would be Arizona, and they have 74 points. Chicago at 72. You know, you could have climbed back in it with a season, but you're really six points out. You still have a chance, but you're still kind of out of it. But that's the point is that even in looking at the East, you know, you'd have the Islanders one point out of a wild card right now. They'd be one. The Islanders, if they came back and just said we're doing the playoffs, Islanders wouldn't be in it. The Rangers, they're two points out of a playoff spot. Florida's three, and then Montreal is really ten, so they they're out of it. But the point is, is that you you can't just go into a playoff scenario here. You have to come up with some sort of one game playoff, two game playoff. Maybe three games for these wild card teams to really battle it out, and then go with your top three in the division. Because 
unless you really have some separation there, which they, they really don't. I mean, you know, uh, Pittsburgh right now in the Metro, uh, they have 86 points. The next closest team in, in that division is Carolina with 81. So you don't have to do anything there. Toronto, uh, they're 10 points ahead of Montreal. So at that point, you don't really need to do anything there. But those wildcard teams, there should be something there for them. So, I mean, it, they they need to come back and do something whether it's like a couple games here as a warm-up, and if you're in the playoff standings, they can or have a playoff series with the wild card guys to get ready for the regular playoffs. But then you got to think about the teams that are already going to be in the playoffs, and do they get something? There's a lot of details to be hammered out. We can come up with a bunch of scenarios. But while the draft might be just a conference call thing this year, it's actually not a bad thing because the NHL's coverage of the draft is the most atrocious thing you'll ever watch on TV. Um, so... Yeah, I, I don't mind that the draft is canceled specifically because it, their coverage sucks. But I just want to see hockey come back, and we have to finish this season out. Not the yeah. regular season. The, the Stanley Cup has to be awarded. We cannot not award this because of all this. There will be time. Especially like you mentioned when we were talking beforehand, with the Olympics being canceled next year, now we have opportunity here where there's ample TV time to kind of flow over to the next season. Yeah, and I think what also benefits them is just the fact that they, when the season was postponed or paused, however they want to language it, um, there was only 13 games left. For the Flyers, I'm talking about. Specifically for the Flyers, they were at 69 games. They had 13 games left on the docket, and like that is manageable. Like Baseball is also manageable in terms, because in as a comparison, because... They can play double headers. They're talking about double headers for the baseball season. So the hockey can do a couple more back to backs. They can. There, it's there's navigable ways that they can do this. More than likely, like do you? What I would do, and I just actually thought of this. I would cut out all interconference play games. Like Flyers have Nashville on the docket. They have Dallas on the docket. Cut those out. Leave them to interconference play. To, so that'll probably cut. Most teams' games by at least two, uh, three games, depending on their schedule, without even looking. I would guess that's probably a a fair number. Cut those down. Get them. Use those what would be used as days for games as training camp days because, as you alluded to when Connor McDavid said, we can't just jump into this season. Players are going to get hurt, and I completely agree with them. Yeah. So why not do exactly that? Cut out the interconference play because – Yes, they matter, but at the same time, they don't at the end of the day because at they they are the the interconference plays are or I'm excuse me the the in conference games are weighted more because of the the, the any time you play an in conference game it's going to be weighted more. So cut those out, bring them in, cut them down so that we can play training camp a little bit more because we need these players to be fresh and healthy. Because we're going to see this game probably go into September when we're talking about what would be preseason for the 2020 2021. Like, this is a mess. This is, oh, why it is. It, it's it, a disaster. Like, it's a complete disaster. Bill Daly, commissioner, talked on Friday uh, talking about that. Uh, just the challenges that they're facing in terms of like they're now having players test positive. They're, they, they're unnamed, but there are. Players on the Senators and Colorado, Colorado Avalanche, most recently with two players, have been tested positive for COVID nineteen, and you would have to anticipate that this number, that number, to go up. Whether we're going to know it or not, those numbers are going to go up specifically for the NHL. 
that is why I'm still leaning towards these cancellations of the NHL draft or the postponement, I should say, not cancellation. Postponement of, of these entry level uh, drafts, the combine, all that stuff. I really, I don't think it's coming back. I re- as much as I wanted want hockey back, I think this is an utter disaster. That is, I think like venues and stuff call it as an act of God. Uh, that's an actual legal term for businesses and and ventures. Like, this is an act of God, and that's what they're going to use at the end of the day when they want to cancel the season. Well, it it's very possible. I mean, it, the the later this goes, the longer it is until we maybe don't have a season anymore. It's the truth. The longer this goes, the more likely it is we don't. I'm holding out hope that we still have it because I still think that everything's going to get pushed back. Look, baseball can cut their schedule down. I think the bigger mess is going to be this. I don't think it's going to be the actual scheduling of the games, getting players back. I think it's going to be the business side of things. I mean, let's let's yeah. be real here. Like these these venues had booked events. Okay, now how do they work a schedule in there? How do they get the fans? You know, the tickets that they bought. How do they get a them the dollar value for games they didn't? Are they going to refund them? Credit them? How are is it going to work out with the CBA? What's going to happen with like the escrow? The uh, the owners definitely aren't going to make their dollar amount, and the dollars are pretty much already spent for the salary cap, even though it's technically daily. Those contracts are already committed. What about like think of it from the Flyers' perspective? If they just end the season right now, they got what three games out of Derek Grant, three four games out of Derek Grant, and they got to decide what they're going to do with him in the offseason? Well, I think I mean that's 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 the issue I run into. The business operations of it are going to be the issue coming back. Yeah, I th- something tells me that like you're 69 games in, you can't call it a washed season because you're more than halfway in. You're 90% done the season. So you can't just ask the players, "Hey, can you play on that one contract this void this year and then count this next the 2020-21 season as the extension of that final contract year?" And I'm not talking no about way- that. No, no, no. I think you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm not talking about that. I'm not asking the players to play another year in a contract that's expiring in 10 games and talking about, okay, the Flyers have decisions to make as far as their roster goes. Other teams do as well. The guys they get at the deadline. Do we going to resign uh, this yeah. guy? Or what are we going to do here? You know what I mean? What's the value that he's brought to the team? You have a small sample size, and normally you have the rest of the season to really make that decision and then the summer. So, And then you have the free aging market as well. Okay. How many dollars are how many? How much is the cap going to be next year? They were talking about it maybe going up to eighty million. I would think the cap's going to come down at this point. Yeah. So teams are going to have to shed salary. How are you going to do that? How are you going to work all this out if you're going to play it apples to apples with every dollar in, dollar out, and a daily cap like that? What about the teams that might be a little over the daily cap? You know what I mean? And using LTI, I think that side of it's going to be a little bit messier than we think because let's think about it this way. While the players earned money up to 70 games, the owners were counting on 82 getting money or 41 at home and 82 overall regardless, having some sort of revenue there. So I would bet you that TV sponsors might come back and say, hey, you know, we didn't didn't pay for this broadcast time. We want that money back. That's going to affect that. There's going to be such a mess that comes out of this entire thing. Well, it's not even because of that. Yeah, and if it's relation to what I do in radio, it's not even giving the money back. It's not gaining money. What will happen is these advertisers will say, well, we paid, I'll just pick a number, $200 billion or million dollars 
for the 2020 or 2019-2020 season and you mm-hmm. got a value of uh 125 out of that, they'll take that 75 million that's missing and just apply it to the next season. It's called a make good. Like that's all it will come down to. It's not even a matter of no matter what happens, the NHL doesn't get money. And that's what you're alluding to in the problems of the salary cap, the escrow accounts, and just players' payments in general and season ticket holders. Like, what do you do when you're now going to go to season ticket holders for the twenty the, for next season and say, hey, well, we are going to start charging you now for the payments for next season while also anticipating you – to pay for playoff tickets if your team qualifies for because we anticipate the 20 this current season to restart and where does the line be get drawn at what's fair for the fans like no matter what happens i see the fans getting totally screwed out of this you saw oh, yeah. it with, you saw it with the sixers totally trying to screw their employees by cutting down their work day by 20 oh, yeah. percent yeah and then outrage on social media made them turn about face and uh josh harris is going to pay for that and it's not even the, just the sixers it was the devils too because his team his corporation owns both those teams yeah. so it's like wh- how do we then apply it to fans uh, what happens on daily ticket prices like at the end of the day no matter what's going to happen in this prices are going up Significant, like I would not be shocked if it's a significant increase, and it's going to cause an outrage. And I lean towards being outraged, but at the same time, what are they supposed to do? They lost hundreds of millions of dollars to in a span of two weeks right now. Because we're again, it has felt like seventy years. Yeah. In this whole thing, and it's been two effing weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the worst part too that you know you're talking about the pay cuts. The NHL cut its its um all league office employees by as much as twenty five percent. And yeah. they were saying they were doing to prevent layoffs. I get that. There's a salary floor which employees can't drop, but that's a big deal because you're talking a group of NHL employees from executives to writers and other staff members, their pay is being cut twenty five percent. So when would that go back to normal? You know what I mean? Like when yeah. when when all these would, things go back to normal? I, I, at this point, I think everybody's just looking for normalcy. But yeah, I don't think normal. that and, and it won't be ever again. I mean, well, this is going to be the new normal. Some of the things that we're going to have to come to terms with. If that's that's a different podcast. the The point is, is that I don't know if I'd see the teams increase the the, the prices for next season. I, I don't I don't agree with that, and because. I think of it this way, is that the people who own these teams, sorry, they have enough to take the bullet and bite it for this season. They do. They the do. ownership do. Like the, you know, maybe not um, maybe not the owner of um, uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Maybe he doesn't because, you know, he's worth $600 million and he can't pay his friggin' employees. <laughs> but, you know, the point is, is that most of, these, most of these teams, most of these owners have the cash reserves to be able to kind of offset those costs a little bit. I think you mentioned last, though, the biggest point, though, is the money not coming in, though. While they have enough to sit on for a little while, not having money come in is going to be a problem. And that, that's exactly what we're seeing in the economy right now. You know, let's not talk about how certain industries want to use it for stock buybacks and then they get a nice bailout and then lay off their employees anyway, airlines. But let's not <laughs> talk about that. The, the point is, though, is that they'll have 
some reserves to go for a little while. But the question is, how long can they go through with that, considering that we're also coming up on the offseason as well? Well, they're not making any money at that time, of course, except maybe some random Joe buying something at the, 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 the pro shop. So it really comes down to this, is that how are they going to sort all this out? Because, there, look, there, there's money to be made. Once sports come back, people are going to be all over it. Once things open up, like movie theaters and, and, and things get back to normal social events, I think you'll see a lot of people wanting to get out of the house and do that kind of stuff, so there, there will be opportunity there. The question is, is that how soon can they do it, and how can they sort it all out? Because it could be very possible that there could be hockey season in the middle of baseball season, basketball season in the middle of baseball season, edging right up to football, and all four could be going on and then going into their next season. Yeah, that's, think, and that's 100% going to happen if these come back. Like yeah. baseball, like, uh, let's talk about baseball for a second. Baseball has actually came out and said, we're not playing a game until this pandemic is 100% done. We want fans' butts, butts and seats. We want to have be able to safely play our games and not have any risk of this disease being transmitted. And I thought about it, and I was like, well, okay, you want to be safe, and that's smart. You should be. But, like... Before that, we were talking about just playing in empty stadiums. They're not even alluding to that anymore. And I think that's the logical thing to do. If the NHL can come back and baseball can come back on empty arenas, that is not perfect, but is it is a soluble solution to this because you're able for them because you're able to gain buyback in your ad revenue you're getting pro shop stuff you're not getting ticket prices obviously but you're able to get money in some light how are you getting the pro shop if they're not allowed at the arena well you can get it online obviously like flyers.com whatever it is like fair pro shop like but i get but but it still doesn't solve the problem of part-time employees being completely laid off of work because there's no fans to usher around. There's no need for you to be there except for, I, I don't, I don't even know a sol- a, a, a logical explanation to put you in there. Well, here's the issue too, is that the ticket revenue pays for the player salaries. So right. the ad revenue they're going to get probably isn't going to be enough to cover all of that because the, the price has changed for the playoffs. They don't honor their regular contracts. They get playoff, like basically pricing. As much, that's basically what that is. The idea is, though, is that if you don't have fans' butts and seats, there's going to be no energy. It won't be a playoff game. It'll just be a game. It'll be something people will watch, but you don't have the emotion that would be going on there in a playoff yeah. game that makes there's- it special. So I don't agree with any of that at all. Perfect example. The NBC Sports Philly right now, I, I have it on because I, I just need hockey. They're playing <laughs> game six of the 2012 series against Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference quarterfinals. The Drew shift where he lays Claude Giroux, or excuse me, where, where Claude Giroux lays Crosby on his ass, takes the, wins the face off the, the next play in his own zone, and scores the first opening goal and then leads them to a game six win. Um, imagine that with no fans. No, I, I, it, it would be pointless. It would be pointless. It, Claude Giroux yelling to an empty arena, let's effing go, let's go, and mm-hmm. waving his arms up. That is haunting. Yeah. Like, a yeah. part of me wants to be able to say I got to watch a because this is nothing new. Empty arenas, the, the, and it, it, not comparing these two, but like European soccer has a huge racism problem, and sometimes their their punishments for sports club for soccer clubs is saying, "Hey, your next X amount of matches are going to be with no fans because you can't control your." 
fan base to not be effing racist. So okay. it's nothing new to have players play outside of a fan's arena. But when you're th- there's a reason that's a punishment. That is a th- there is a clear message trying to be made in punishing fans for being having racial overtones th- thrown out in your fan in during games and you're also telling the team, "Hey, you need to get a better handle on this." Compared to this, which is a a virus, it's a pandemic that you have no control over, as I alluded to earlier, it's a quote-unquote act of God as in legal terms. So it's like you can't punish fans for not showing up. So I get what MLB is trying to say in terms of we don't want to return until fans can safely come to our stadiums. But you need money. We need normalcy in some light. Like, I, I would welcome sports in an empty arena then no sports at all is what i'm basically getting to i get what you're saying and i i i think that many people would too i, I just yeah, think it goes would. against what the whole idea of trying to stop this pandemic and you said a minute ago that mlb doesn't want to have uh play any baseball to the pandemic's over but okay so then i guess you're not playing baseball again this season either and if that's the right, case they would definitely not because they don't expect this thing while they're saying they're saying August could be the point where, okay, maybe we're through our wave and then probably not till the end of the year. Usually when pandemics happen, it's not just, oh, well, we flattened our curve and we're done now. No, right. like this is going to stay around for months and up to a year. So we might not have baseball this season. I mean, which th- goes this to my whole... point, which goes to the point of, I don't think we're playing hockey again. I don't and think you... we're playing basketball again. I think you, this you may be all right. leads to the same end point of, Sports are not happening this year until football, I guess. I guess football is the next one because football starts in late September or excuse me, early September, late August if you count the preseason and it's it's a mess. Imagine this. I mean, I'd never thought I'd imagine a world where something where we live through a pandemic where you're going to have no hockey, basketball and baseball. And the next sport you're going to see is football. Like, right. like the, I could, the, I could never picture that, man. The, the the most recent award given, like this weekend, I think, yeah, this weekend was supposed to be a Sweet Sixteen slash Elite Eight weekend into for the NCAA uh, basketball tournament. The and that was the next award to be given out. We're still most recent thing we gave out was the Lombardi Trophy in the NFL. And Stop. could you imagine Stop. the uh, football starting and there's still no Stanley Cup? There's still no. I'm blanking on what the NBA trophy is called. All of a sudden, either way, the NBA. Finals. Who cares? It's nothing special. Oh. You ever see that trophy? There's the worst oh, yeah. trophy in sports. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. It's just uh, a little yeah. trophy with a, with a basketball on it. Well, a gold it's basketball. The same thing with football. The Vince Lombardi trophy is not all that special. It's just. Cool the football that says Vince Lombardi. Yeah, I mean the, the World Series trophy is pretty cool. It's got all the different World Series, teams. The commission, the commissioner, commissioner's trophy. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. like it's Larry O'Brien. Sorry, I just okay. uh, that was gonna annoy me that I don't I can't remember the <laughs> name of the NBA basketball. Game. So that's how much I know about and care about basketball. Right, but like if football starts and it's still the most recent championship award we've given to given out like in the as far as I know, the world. Because there's no soccer, there's no Premier League champion, there's no La Liga in Spain, there's nothing in Europe given out. So it's just, it's crazy to me, but I think if I, if you were to put it this way, let me ask you this. If you were to put a percentage chance on 
any sport, any sport starting, soccer, basketball, hockey, baseball, percentage chance that they start by July, what is it? 50. I go 22. Uh, like t- that's a really random 20. number. Like <laughs> I'll, we'll round it off to twenty. <laughs> it says twenty-two percent. It's usually I'm, twenty or twenty-five. What why the not, hell is wrong with you? Why not be a little bit odd? Twenty percent. Okay, all right. I 20, agree. With that. I'll I'll stick with twenty just to make you happy. Twenty percent chance that these sports are starting in. July. I still think it's fifty. I think if anything could get going by July, it would be baseball. And again. This is also because of what we're t- where we're at now with the world handling this pandemic, it's specifically the United States too, because like there's no indication they've had control of this. Yes, they've they've said that they have more testing, and they do, but and the testing with more testing comes more cases, and that's completely true. Normal. But, like I just I think this is also coming down to um, people looking at it and saying. We never really got a handle on it, and now we have to really act. And that is that conversation is going to be like middle of next month, middle of April. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that that conversation should already be had. I mean, let's that's be honest point. here. No, no, no we, that's we my should, point. It, we, we're already we're already behind on all this. We, yep. you know, we, and this isn't turning into a political debate or anything along those lines. I don't care what side you're on, and you're we're all Americans here. But the point I'm trying to, I, I think that should be made here is that. We should have taken other examples of other countries and maybe done something a little sooner. I mean, maybe we need a national lockdown to really get things squared away. I mean, think about it this way. If nobody really travels for two weeks, how far can you spread this friggin' thing? Yeah. I'm sure you can't. I'm Look, I'm not a scientist. I, I'm not. But I, I do a little research. I, it just You lock it down for 21 days even. If the incubation period is 14 days, the last day you're allowed out of the house, that's it. everybody's got to stay home for 14 days. Everybody. Just shut it so- down for two weeks. Let's get back to normal after that. But the whole thing of, oh, we're going to get back to normal by Easter, that's two weeks away when we still have this. Look, let me, give you, let me be honest with you. I, last week, I went to, last Sunday, I, I had a, uh, we had a driveway put in. I had a trench in my yard. I ran a pipe through to divert water flow underneath it. Finally got around to getting that project done. You can't go anywhere. So I decided to go to Lowe's. It's open. Yeah. Bill, I got to tell you, you, you know, we talk about social distancing and keeping six feet away and no, don't touch anybody and wash your hands. We do all this stuff. These these warnings are out there. You wouldn't believe there were people huddled up next to each other talking about paint and going over paint colors. A Lowe's person and a customer standing right next to each other. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you nuts? And then there was three or four people just standing in a circle in one aisle just having a conversation about something. Like, And they're talking about the whole, well, we're going to be... You know, I mean, uh, my my work is shut down for a week, and you're 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 within a foot of each other. So my my whole thing is, is if you really were, people need to start taking this a little more seriously. And yep. you should look around and kind of see how serious it already is. Our economy has stalled; it's shut down. We have no sports whatsoever. You can't go anything outside of Tiger King for entertainment nowadays. Hey, but Ozark season three's out. I never really got into that. No oh, good. The only other form of entertainment is our our Curb and Seinfeld bracket coming up. But the whole point is, is that nobody is taking this as seriously as they should be. And, and frankly, it pisses me off that if you really want this thing to go away and you really want life to get back to normal, you standing in circles at Lowe's is not the way to help it. I got my stuff. I stayed far away from people and I got the hell out of there and I had hand sanitizer on me to make sure as soon as I walked out of that store and stopped touching that car, before I even grabbed my keys, I had that hand sanitizer on my hands, coming home and scrubbing them. Because think of 
even and they say, oh, well, it's mild. I don't care if it's it's mild. Well, go on Twitter and see what people have as mild cases. They're not mild. This isn't the flu. Wake the hell up. Because frankly, I'd like to get back to normal. I'd like to watch sports again. I'd like to take my kids to the park. I'd like to go out and take my wife to a nice dinner out somewhere. But you can't do any of that right now. And until we start waking up and seeing that things need to start happening and we need to start having these conversations about how do we contain this thing better and faster, then this is the way it is going to be. Then we're not going to have sports. There's going to be no baseball. There's going to be no hockey. There's going to be no Stanley Cup. There's going to be no Larry O'Brien trophy. Hey, I got it right. (laughs) There's going to be none of that stuff. So people need to take this a little more seriously. I I just think that Maybe it's American ignorant, uh, stubbornness. I guess is the like. The, I think you had con- the right word the first time. Ignorance, uh, but yeah. I, I think, I, but I think stubbornness is more applicable to trying to institutionalize a national lockdown. Like what has to go into the concept of a national lockdown is is probably the thing that we should be considering. But at the end of the day, like. Could you try, like, what we are told every day is we can do whatever we want, when we want, how we want it, any given day, seven days a year, or seven days a week, 365 days a year. Fair, fair. To be able to tell them now, hey, you're going to go on lockdown, we'll just use 14, because 14 is that magic number they keep rounding off. Right. Two weeks, you're not leaving your house, ever. We don't care what you have to get, stock up on groceries right now, tomorrow you are not going anywhere. Like, yeah. That is a concept that I think would work on. I I I hate making this comparison. It would only work in China, or a, a, a country like that, because yeah. Americans are too stubborn. They're too ignorant, including myself. I can't do it. I hated just sitting here today. I probably could have gone if it was nicer out. I probably would have gone for a run. Just something. No, and you can something. absolutely do that. You're missing yeah. the point of a lockdown. You're, you're not, I'm not talking about you're not allowed to leave your home. I'm talking about Maybe actual these, people. Yeah. people are, and, and people are thinking it's the wrong way. It's like, okay, if you have an ability to work from home, and a lot of companies have already done this, is allow yes. people to work from home, which is absolutely great. Telecommuting is a fantastic thing that more companies are starting to adopt because of this, and that's a really good benefit for your employees because it helps morale. And also, it's it's sometimes it's it's cost savings for the company. Let's be honest. But besides that, if you want to go for a jog, go for a jog. You just have to go for like in a neighborhood or down your road. We're talking about making sure that people aren't congregating together and social people. And that's tough for people who are extroverts and people who like to get out and do a lot of things. I totally get that. But we're talking about the safety of not just you. You're talking about the safety of others, of people who are family members who might be more susceptible to this than you are. A mild case isn't really as mild as you think, so if you get it, it's going to suck. The whole point is is that it's to make sure the people who are older, who don't have the immune system, people who are immunocompromised, it's to make sure that they have an opportunity to stay healthy as well. That's the whole point of, of, of... trying to get back to the normalcy of this is the people to understand that concept. This isn't about you. And I think that's the complex that people take mentally with this is that everybody thinks, well, it's about you. Well, I, it's, it's about me. I don't have it. I don't care if I get it. I don't care. But stop thinking of yourself. Yep. Start thinking of others and how you carrying this, it may have mild symptoms. It may have no symptoms, but you could still potentially be carrying it. Don't say, well, I don't want to stop my life like these spring breakers because now, guess what? They're testing positive. Oh, they're all testing positive. They're all testing positive now. I, I mean, don't feel... 
I don't feel as the sadness for them at all. They put it on themselves, but that's the that's the that's the stuff we have to stop as a country, and we're not doing that. I don't care what your political beliefs are. I don't care what you think about the current leadership. The point is, is that we're not doing what we need to do to make sure that we can get through this. Other countries are already taking those steps, and we should have been able to learn from that. But you're right; that stubbornness we talk about is 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 a problem. Let's turn to some fun stuff before yeah. we close out this pod. Because I've been looking forward to this for a while now. Me too. Actually, since we brought this up about a week and a half. Like, I've been thinking about this. Uh, so last week, if you didn't uh, catch us, we decided on a whim, we're going to put a bracket together. Hey, it's 3 nothing Flyers. Uh, who just scored? I don't even know. But it's 3 nothing Flyers in 2012, If we, in case you have anyone cares. Did they win that game? I think they did. Okay. And then they just lost to Buffalo. So I think that was the last playoff series they won, that game, right? It is. Right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I knew yeah. that. Fun times. Just testing the Look idea. at this. Uh-huh. Flyers in the playoffs. What a concept. Right? Flyers in the playoffs actually winning around. By the way. The Penguins. By the way, Claude Giroux's lettuce, his hair, in 2012, immaculate. That thing uh, was a... Oh, my God. It's hilarious. No, 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 no. I'm not a huge fan of the wavy, wet hair that they have and all that stuff. It's <laughs> nonsense. It's the, and you know, I haven't been in on, and I'll tell you a quick story. Here's why. Remember 06, 07. I don't know. You might have been really young then, but you know what I mean? Uh, 06, 07. 14, 15. No. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Not that young, but still younger than you. 06, 07. Much younger than me. I, 06, 07. I was in adulthood. 06, 07. Worst season in Flyers history. That season, Sammy Capita, you could just tell the team wasn't really there. They had problems with Forsberg. There was really no leader on the team. Sammy Capita shaved his head and, and went to the team and said, I shaved my head to show how committed I am to this team. I think we should all do it together. We should all do it. I'm going to do it because I'm going to show it solidarity to the team. You know what Simone Gagne said? Oh, God. He said no because he wouldn't look good when he was driving out in his car. <laughs> Oh, boy. That's all that needs it. to be said about that. That's terrible. Remember? remember that's um, why I've hated flows ever since. I've hated them. Flows. Uh, you know what? That's a valid, valid reason. I, I, we just talked about the, the bracket that we'll get to, but I got it. The, the concept that I always hated, I almost drove myself away from being a Flyers fan over this, and it's a silly thing to be, but between, like, I want to say, like, 2011, a year after the Cup run, and, like, 20... Whenever Hextall got here, so I guess 2015. 2014, they brought him back. So between 2011 and 2014, there were always waves and waves of, hey, Simone Gagne is a free agent. We should bring him back. And every fraud Flyers fan was like, we got to bring him back. He would be a great addition. And I'm like, do people not understand that this was the problem? The problem had always been, well, we got to bring back Peter Forsberg. We got to bring back uh, uh, Simone Gagne. We got to bring back Dwayne Simmons is the most recent example of that. Like, bring him back. Bring him back. That is the concept that has plagued the front office and players for so long that I was just like, I, if they continued, if, if I don't know what year it was, but I was like, if they bring back Simone Gagne, I'm giving up on this team and I'm going to be like, a, at the time, a Ducks fan or whatever it, they were. It, <laughs> it's the emotional attachment. You can, yeah. and, and this, this is, a, it goes around it's with any hockey. Thing. 
Yeah, exactly. You can't get emotionally attached to a player. Harry Roseman admitted he did this year, but I mean, I think the Flyers have done pretty well of not doing that over the past few years. But I agree with you because Forsberg at the time was a good signing because he was a still a an elite level center, which you can't get too often. And it but, was the typical hey, the Flyers drafted him, traded him for a vet, and then decided, hey, let's bring him back when he's a seasoned vet, and maybe he'll contribute to the team. And he did. He was he was great, and he made he made Simone Gagne look great because Gagne needed someone to play with. He needed always needed a good a better center to play with. But then they started to get into bigger problems, like you know, like when they brought back like Bush after twenty, I think it was twenty eleven or twenty two, or maybe it was twenty thirteen. They brought him back for like one year after he went to Carolina, and he was already done to begin with, unfortunately. I think it was 20, 2013. I don't know why it rings my mind. Anyway, the whole point is, is that they, you're right. They used to bring back these types of players. I brought back Mike Knubel, like after he had his run here and different things. No, that I, there, there's going to be no more emotional attachment. Once a player is gone, he's gone for a reason that the, the, the yep. team does not think he can contribute to the team in that fashion anymore. I said at the beginning of last season, even though we weren't doing our podcast at the time, I said at the beginning of last season that Dwayne Simmons was done as an NHL player. Like, he put in some minutes this season and played decently with the Devils. So, but that's the point. It's like he's done as an every, like, a top guy player. Like, he's not going to be the captain of a team. Like, he's he's just worn down physically. He's a grinder. He's a guy who just played physical and bumped and bruised his body. Same thing with Mike Richards. When Mike Richards hit his thirties, he was done. Other reasons because of the drug issues too he was having, unfortunately. With yep. the you know, they, that's why they terminated his contract. Hope he's okay with that. We don't like to see that at all. But the point is, is that like Ryan Callahan's another guy. I'm surprised Ryan Callahan's still kind of playing because he's been beat up a lot. Uh, Derek Stepan is another one who's been beat up a lot. Like these guys, some guys when they hit their thirties, you can just tell once they lose a step in their skating. It's done, and that's what happened to Wayne. Like Wayne's yep. skating is done. Like he can, he does not have the wheels. He has the know-how. He has the smartness. He has the veteran aspect, but he doesn't have the wheels to keep up. This is a young man's game. The only positions you're going to see going into the late 30s and early 40s are probably goaltenders. Sorry, that's really about it. Yeah. But that there, I don't think we'll see too much of the attachment things. But those are all hot button clicks or whatever the hell yeah, they call exactly. them. But it's all clickbait. It's all what yep. it is. It's all, it's all what it is. All right, so let's get to this. Uh, so we developed a bracket uh, because we are unofficially in our off-season podcast, so why not make a bracket? Uh, right. Last week we talked about how I'm a curb your enthusiasm. I like Larry David. Uh, delivery, I think the phrase I was looking for last week was his delivery of his comedy compared to the delivery of Seinfeld's comedy I enjoy a lot more. I think that's how I interpret it compared to Seinfeld. i got to watch some Seinfeld episodes, especially now that we have this official bracket. Mm-hmm. So we have our 32-episode bracket of the best Curb and the best uh, Seinfeld episodes. Um, the first matchup I want to talk about, and I think we can do this right now, is the one-seed Curb Your Enthusiasm and the 16-seed Contest one. Well, hold in- on. Yeah. I don't want to say it's a 16-seed. Here's why. Let, oh, let, me, let, okay. me, let me clarify my thinking on this. Here's why. Is that okay. Bill sent me over his bracket, and what I did is that it's like fantasy football. You play the matchups. Okay. Uh, okay. I know yep. under the carpool lane that there's a, most of my Seinfeld episodes were not going to beat the carpool lane, so there's only one that could stand a chance against it, and That's that would contest. be the contest. So, so give present to me your best uh, – Synopsis, best uh, 
overall take of what the contest was for you in, in terms that was the Seinfeld episode that you chose to go against the carpool lane. The contest talked about something that's just it's so taboo and they did it without saying any kind of word or phrasing it just once. It was it was amazing for the time. It was amazing TV because you you knew what they were talking about, but they couldn't say it. And the thing is, is that the way it just plays out is just literally one of the funniest things. When you watch the contest, because I want you to go back and I want you to watch it. I'm gonna all these ones we're gonna talk about today. We gotta watch and we gotta see which one we like more, and we gotta talk about it then. Yep. The carpooling, I vaguely remember the carpooling. I know the funny the story is that he he picks up a prostitute because he's trying to get to the Dodgers game and he takes it with yes. him. Yes, and and that's absolutely hilarious. But I that's why I put the contest against it because. The contest, I think, could stand up against that. And then the next one, I have Frogger going against the Curb Scythe, which I'm not familiar with, but I figured, okay, Frogger's another good one here. It's literally just, from what I remember, it's just Jerry Seinfeld appearing on Curb. And in this bubble, like, I, I, I just out of my own uh, doucheness, I was going to just not even put it in, despite me actually liking that episode. Just out of spite, just out of spite for my hatred for the show, not hatred, but my my dislike for the show Seinfeld, I was going to take out that episode of Curb called Seinfeld, but it is a very good episode, so I I gave it a a whatever, I I know you took out the seed, but I, the seeding, but if we were using it, it would have been my eight seed, right in the middle of the 16 episodes. Okay, all right. And then my other one going against the freak book for Curb is the Costanza doll. Uh, the the Costanza doll would uh, looks like George's mom. Oh my god, it's one of the funniest things so, I've ever seen in my life. Here's the funniest thing. So I like like you were talking about earlier. It, you matched them up in the best possible way. Correct. So the first thing that stuck out to me was, or the one thing that stuck out to me when I noticed what you were doing was. You put Palestine Chicken, the one of the funniest episodes it, for one and two. Uh, it goes back and forth for me for Palestine Chicken and Carpool Lane, but there's a backstory of Carpool Lane that puts it over the top. But anyway, okay. and then you put it against Kenny Rogers Chicken. chicken. <laughs> but what you didn't do is you didn't put Costanza's doll against the doll because episode because it wouldn't stand a it, chance. Right. You it would not it wouldn't stand, stand a chance. A chance. No, because the doll is one of the craziest episodes I've ever seen, which is why I put it against the Hamptons, because the Hamptons, I think, has a chance against the doll right. because of one iconic scene in it. And it, it it's all related somehow, but it's all, it's yes, so I, I tried it. And then so, the, the, the Chinese restaurant, I know, I, I can't think of which one's opening night or grand opening, but it's got to be the one where he does with the restaurant, where he has the... Um, the the chef with Tourette's a, amazing episode, especially the ending of whichever one that was. So for some reason, Chinese restaurant of Seinfeld actually sticks out to me because um, it's it's the one episode where they're literally it's the entire episode's in a Chinese restaurant. There's it, correct. It, it, it's not in the the uh, the standard apartment complex or in the apartment building, anything of what you usually get of Seinfeld. So I. It might have actually been, if if I have no way to prove this, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the very first episode of Seinfeld I ever saw, 
watched like that sp- just sticks out to me because every- it- it's the only one I remember because it was only in a Chinese restaurant. And that's the whole episode. The whole episode, no matter what, is in the restaurant. And that's the first time on TV anybody's ever done that. That got kicked out by NBC a bunch of times and finally they let it go in. And that's one of the funniest episodes there because some of the things in the ending just makes you crack up. Like, it's it's hilarious. It's just, just how it would go. So... so- I, I think that we got some good things here. I know I need to go back and I need to watch these curb episodes to kind of say, okay, if I'm putting this against the carpooling against the contest, that's going to be a tough one for me. Cause there's nothing that beats the contest. So we're going to post this on our Facebook page. And if you haven't already followed us, put it on orange and back check podcast. You'll be the first one there. Give us a like, uh, follow us along. We'll post this right at the top, right before Scott gives us next Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is, the goaltending episode of Chalk Talk, which is, again, one of the most detailed and specific things I've ever seen. It is so meticulous. Scott really put his effort into this one. We hope you really enjoy this. So, for now, we'll put this bracket up there on Curb versus Seinfeld. You can vote. Well, you can comment on it. We'll we'll weigh your opinion when we decide next week on who's going to go into this first round through in, through this first round into the next round of of this. Um, so follow us along on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Just search Orange and Backcheck Podcast. Um, hopefully, we'll have better news next week. This was obviously heavy. It just seems like we're in this weird two week to like two month. We period where we're going to see more good bad news than good news but like scott is uh pest, um optimistic hopefully we get some hockey at some point hopefully the stanley cup playoffs is awarded so hopefully we get to see it but look who the hell the, knows at the end of the day we all have to get through this this is affecting yep. every single one of us in multiple multiple ways the affecting the entire country Sports is something that we go to to kind of get away from those types of things. Unfortunately, there really is no escape right now except for Tiger King, unfortunately. We just wish everybody be safe. Please wash your hands. Practice social distancing. Please take this seriously because that virus doesn't care who you are. It will come after you. So give us follow us along. We'll have more updates as they come up come about. We're gonna start doing podcasts on the weekends now. If you haven't, if you're listening to this, uh, we're gonna release this on the over the weekend. Just just because we we our thought process is news is breaking every day, every hour, every minute during the week. We're gonna do it on the weekend. Compile all the news, talk about what you need to know, and then we'll go from there. So again, follow us on Twitter, like us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. Just search Orange and Backcheck Podcast. I'm Bill Kornfeld for Scott Weinhart. We'll talk to you later. These pretzels are making me thirsty. That's a Seinfeld quote, isn't it? It is.